You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at a question that is related to our faith in Jesus and the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. This week, we are looking at another question from our That's a Great Question series, and the question is, do I really need Jesus? So we talk about Jesus all the time, but do we really need him? And if so, why? It's a great discussion about who Jesus is and what he means for us and why he's so important to us. So welcome into Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy. I'm part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got with me today Val O'Brien, who uh, leads our high school ministry, Zach Wyrock, the director of Orchard NEO, and then Joe Coffey, our lead pastor. Today we are answering one of the questions from our That's a Great Question series. The question is this. It's kind of open-ended, but do I really need Jesus? We talk about Jesus all the time, obviously. Do we really need him? And if so, why? Okay, let me uh, start by saying it depends. Uh, And what I mean by that is uh, if you're saying, do we need Jesus as an example of how to live a good life? I would say no, Uh, because you have other examples that are probably really good that are way above what you could actually live out. Gandhi would be one. Uh, Your grandmother, if you had a really nice grandmother, might be one. Uh, I think people who think of Jesus as an example uh, that uh, that has been given us and that we just follow and, and we love people the way Jesus loved people, or we walk the way Jesus walked, then that's what we really need him for. I don't think so. I, I, uh, but if Jesus is who the Bible says he is and we are who the Bible says we are, then I would say then definitely we need Jesus. Let me just piggyback on that too and say Jesus is an example is a terrifying concept to me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> be, because he... He's perfect, right? So everything he does simultaneously shows me that because what happens when I lose my temper, I like to say, well, anyone in this situation would lose their temper, right? And it's like Jesus's hand goes up in the back and it's like, <laughs> actually, you know, not not me, right? And so like Jesus is a full frontal assault to the rationalization of, well, I just I'm like everybody else. I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not any worse. I'm just and Jesus is this indicting like I didn't do that. Uh, it, That's it, what's so know. brutal about the Sermon on the Mount. Right? Yeah, if you read right, the Sermon on the right. Mount without. But what's crazy because like you, you and I preach regularly, and it's like I, I tell people to do a lot of things that are right and true that I struggle with myself. Right. But when Jesus gives the Sermon on the Mount, he's just telling you how he lives. <laughs> like he, he's like, "This is what I do. Do what I do." And I'm like, "I can't do what you do." Jesus, thanks a lot for rubbing it in my face. So sometimes when people say, "Well, I think Jesus is a good moral example," I want to say, "Have you read Jesus?" Because like if you did, I think you would just feel like. I'm guilty all the time. Like, I can't keep up. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think, was it C.S. Lewis who said, or I don't actually know who said it, but that Christianity is either of utmost importance or no importance yeah, at all. Yeah, I think all. it was Lewis, yeah. And yeah. I think the same thing here. We either really, really, really need Jesus badly, or we don't There's we don't need them all. There are not degrees Yeah, but let me illustrate this Jesus. point. Let me illustrate it, just in case you're like, oh, I don't know if that dichotomy is true. Let me illustrate that. So let's say that you've been feeling bad about yourself, you've been feeling out of shape, and your coworker comes in after, you know, uh, hypothetically a six-month break, and they've lost a ton of weight, and they look great. Do you look at them and go, you know what? They're a good example for me to follow. No, you don't. You hate them with every fiber <laughs> of your being. You look at them and you say, oh, I just hate them. They make me feel so bad because that's what it is to be in the presence of someone who's getting right what, what you get wrong. It's oppressive. It's terrible. And so if all Jesus is is an example, like thanks God for sending a guy uh, or anointing a guy or whatever your view on that would be, I guess if you take this Jesus only as example, thank you for pointing to a guy who makes me feel like a failure in every way. And Jesus didn't helpful. leave that option open to us. He didn't say, oh, you can pick and choose what parts he made very clear claims that he was 
the Messiah, that he was the Savior. And so to just pick and choose, oh, we'll follow the teachings of him, oh, we'll try to live like Jesus, that's that's parsing out a little too much the person of Jesus. Yeah, and to Zach's point, I think uh, Jesus' teaching uh, was a lot of just piling on to prepare us f- to to say to cry uncle. Yeah, to go, like right, I think about right. the rich young okay. ruler, the story of the rich young ruler where he comes to Jesus, says, what do I have to do to go to heaven? Jesus, be perfect. And this guy says, Done. got it, check. And Jesus says, well, okay, you know, I'll tell you what, go sell everything you have and come follow me. And the guy doesn't do it and he walks away and Jesus says, boy, it's really hard for wealthy people. <laughs> you know, he just says it matter of factly. He's like, <laughs> right. poor guy, he's never going to get it. <laughs> you know, and it's just like Jesus understood his indictment. And I think to Val's point, what keeps me, so when I feel like I'm understanding Jesus really well, I start to almost dislike him. Honestly, because I think it's like that really fit person when I don't feel in shape, the really good looking person well, let me, when I'm let self-conscious. Me, let me qualify that just for our yeah. listeners who are not going, I can't believe Zach Wyrock just said he didn't like Jesus. I think I you would not like him if you were not in relationship with him. Well, that's that, my point. Right? So okay. then I want to flip it and say until, to Val's point, he says, Zach, the reason why I am, the reason why I've come here is not to oppress you, but to stand in your place. So then his perfection wow, yeah. com- becomes for me my hope. Because you see, Zach, what you need is someone who didn't... So when you when I say, when you say, Zach, well, anybody would lose their temper. And my hand goes up and I say, well, actually, I wouldn't. And you're tempted to hate me for it. He says, that's what you needed when I go to the cross, right? Because on the cross, your anger is being paid for and I didn't have any. And that's when, to Val's point, his perfection becomes not oppressive, but it becomes everything I need. It becomes my hope. And so I really think if Jesus is just an example, I do hate him I, because all he does is indict me. But if he came to stand in my place, then perfection is a- absolutely what I need, and I yeah. love him for it. This is not a perfect analogy, but it's as if you're in a, let's say you're in a class, like a college class, and you know there's a student who's I think a way a better one. student yeah. than you, and you know, you're like, I hate this person. They always get better grades the teacher than me on all the exams. Teacher won't curve the test. because and then all of, of a yeah. sudden, the teacher says, hey... Whoever gets the highest grade, everybody in the class is going to get that grade. All of a sudden, I don't. That person is my hero. My hero. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like right. Buying them gifts and yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that uh, you know. A lot of Jimmy, times you were that person. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, that's why uh, you know we tell a lot of people that the gospel starts with with bad news before it becomes really good news. Right. right? So it, it it starts with with the question: Do I really need Jesus? Uh, you have to take one step back and say, uh, how well do you know yourself? How well will I look, how closely will I look at my own life and who do I compare my life to? And that will determine the answer to the second question. Right, right? but that's my point because I think people look at Jesus and they say, okay, I have this moral example and then I have all this died in my place, rose from the dead thing. I don't need that. I just want this part. It's like you're 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 Got spitting the out the worst right. part. I mean, the best part right. for the worst part is is this idea that that Jesus shows me not just how great he is, but how bad I am. He he just does. He 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 by showing me what I should do and what I should say and 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 how I could and why am I not and but but he does that in order to give me the good news of standing in my place. So so again, I think when someone says to me, "Isn't Jesus just a moral example?" I want to say, "Well, he is that," and that's terrifying. But thankfully, he's he's more than that. Now, how do you think? Uh, this is just a question. How do you think people miss that? How do you think people miss Jesus? Uh... I think you hit on it. I, I think the point. I think well, first of all, the resurrection is hard to believe, right? And so you know, this idea that Jesus died uh, and he got back up uh, is hard to believe. The the idea of substitutionary atonement. 
that God would put my sin on Jesus uh, and give me Jesus's righteousness is tough to comprehend. But I mean, what, what, I mean, and I agree with that. But why don't people see uh, that Jesus being Jesus uh, is depressing? Like people mostly have a really good positive okay. feeling about yeah. Jesus. So oh, the answer, Jesus is I good. think, yeah, yeah, he loves so, everybody. Okay. Good, right? it's a great question. I think the answer to that is twofold. I think one is people have not fully read Jesus. Right. Okay. So they only know bits and pieces. They know the crocheted on pillows sayings of Jesus, and they like those. So they've never really read Jesus. Uh, it's like somebody saying, "Boy, uh, you know Tolstoy, he was brilliant." It's like you've never read War and Peace because it's a slog, right? So, so, but so they only... and they ignore the the hardest parts of Jesus. Like Jesus talked about hell more than anybody. Right. Else, yeah. Right? So that's and, what I mean. Nobody they haven't really that. read right. him. Right. But I think the second thing is they have a higher opinion of themselves than they should. Right. And the antidote, and, and so if if I'm pretty present company ex- uh, yeah. excluded because well, we of all course. Yeah, so yeah. so Jesus as an example only makes sense to me if I think I already am pretty good. So he never challenges me, right? He he never indicts me. Like I think about the guy Jesus tells the parable of the two guys who go into the temple to pray, and the one guy says, "I think you, I'm not like this guy." And when that guy hears Jesus, you could see him being like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's like the rich young ruler." Jesus says, "Go be perfect." The guy goes, "Check. What's next?" Right? He doesn't feel threatened by Jesus until he gets all of Jesus, and then he's like, "Whoa, wait a minute." And again, I, I think we have to press. This is why I think it's so important for the church to preach all of Jesus. Not just cherry pick pastor, but preach all of Jesus because I think people need to see, wow, I am not who I thought I yeah, was. I like, was going to say like the the less intellectual and just simple answers, they don't want to admit that they have need. Like they don't want to admit that anything is broken inside of right. them. And that we're, we're trained just as, as humans and in culture, the whole bit to just push down that guilt and shame and it's okay. and Or even just to hide it. Right, right. right, right. To hide it, to, to push it down. And yet Jesus says... Bring it all, like bring it all to me. Yeah, but bring it, it all. yeah, what's amazing about that is the reason why we hide it is because we know that those around us would weaponize it if they knew. Right, they would yeah. belittle us. They would reject all us. All you have to do is go on Twitter. You'll see that anytime. Right. Anytime anybody makes a public mistake, yeah, yeah the they internet's all over it. Don't yeah. show any yeah. sign the of weakness. Undefeated. No yeah. sign of but, weakness. But what's yeah. fascinating is that Jesus actually says to us, "If you will let me draw out that weakness, I'll rescue you from it." Right. Right, and so there's this, yeah. So I think there is this rejection of like, I'm not weak, I'm not weak, I'm not weak. And I think so many modern people are missing grace. They're missing the gospel because you. I mean, as Jesus said, uh, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." Right? Blessed are those who are willing to say, "I'm weak." And if you're not willing to say that, you're gonna miss but it. We all know it. I think. Yeah. We we know. I yeah, think we don't trust those around us to right. know it, yeah. but you can trust Jesus to know it, and that's right. why you need Him. Right. He's the one person you can put your weakness right in front of, and He'll say, "Not only do I know that, I came to die for that." Yeah, because there uh, we were talking about it before we started recording that uh, there is some kind of existential need that we all have to be known and then to be loved, and uh, that is true of every human being, I think, but there's a tremendous fear inside of me and I think of everybody that if somebody really knew me to the depths, they would not love me. They would weaponize what they find, yeah. and for good reason. Yeah, and right? do you know what I love? The passage I love that, to me, drives this home the most is the woman at the well in John 4, because when Jesus is having his conversation with her, he tells her, you know, go get your husband. She goes, I'm not married. And he goes, well, okay, well, yes, truth, technically. You've been married five times. You're living with a guy. And we don't have the full conversation, but here's what we know. She goes back to her village, and she says, come meet the man who told me everything, everything I ever right. did. And, and you think, that's the weirdest evangelistic message ever. But here's what she was saying, because she came to the well by herself, because everyone had weaponized 
her past. And she said, come meet the man who knows what you know, but he, but he didn't weaponize it. He knows what you know, but he didn't reject me. Mm-hmm. He knows what you know. And, and I think the difficulty is, is like, can that be true? Can it be true that God can know all of me right. and still love me? And that was her message. Yeah. He knows everything I ever did, and yet he still loves me. That's part yeah. of the thing, too. I want to tell people, if you're not a, if you're not a Christian, uh, let it be because Christianity seems too good to be true. Yeah. If it doesn't seem too good to yeah. be true, then I don't think you really understand Christianity. Yeah. Uh, because what Zach just described is something that almost brought tears to my eyes, and I know it really well. I know that whole truth really well. But to hear it again, news. oh, yeah. it's just and, and this is why if you're somehow, and in God's grace, this would be amazing if this is true, if somehow you're not a Christian and you stumbled onto this podcast... And that you would hear us saying, look, we all work at CCC. You don't need CCC, right? We, we all work in the ministry. You don't need people who work in the ministry. You need Jesus. And so the, the starting point of Christianity is Jesus. Wrestle with Jesus. Can this really be true? That he would know everything about you and wouldn't weaponize it. In fact, by the way, not only does he not weaponize it, it's weaponized against him, that on the right. cross, your weaknesses become reason for God to crush him. That's an amazing thing, that where everyone around you will crush you. If they really knew your weaknesses, they'd crush you. Jesus comes to be crushed for and your And I love, too, that we we don't chase after Jesus and beg him to do that for yeah. us. He pursues us. That's right. And that's one of the things that always, oh, man, always gets me, chokes yeah. me up, that he is the one that pursued us. He came after us. And that's that's the story of the Bible, is Jesus chasing after us, of yeah. God coming after his people from the Garden of Eden to the Incarnation yeah. to the and, Book of Revelation. And that there's never a person, the people who miss Jesus are the people who won't admit their weaknesses, but there's never a person, never in, the enti- in all the Gospels, and even really, honestly, in all the Bible as it relates to God, there's never a person who comes and admits their brokenness and is rejected. And that's why I think the story of the thief on the cross is there, where the guy who's crucified next to Jesus, at the very end of his life, he has nothing left. Nothing no time, to offer. Yeah, no time, no time to turn to over and leave. Right. He yeah. is literally dying, and he says, hey, will you remember me in your kingdom? And that's need, right? Well, you, my only hope is that you are who you say you are, and you will remember me. And Jesus says, hey, today you'll be with me in paradise. Even then, he won't reject. Even as he's actually dying for that guy's sin, right then and right, he's like, that guy put Jesus. Jesus on the cross. Even then he looks at him and he's saying, hey, today you'll be with me. And, and so if you listen to this, you need Jesus. Here's why you need Jesus, because he's the only one that will not weaponize your weaknesses, but will be weaponized for your weaknesses. And there's nothing you could say to him that would, would cause him to turn you away. It's never happened. He's never turned away the brokenhearted. You've been listening to Church Unplugged. And one of the things we want to continue to do is make the connection between our faith in Jesus in our everyday lives. So if you have a question or topic that you'd like to hear discussed, feel free to email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. And if you want more information about Christ Community Chapel, our church, you can go to our website, which is www.ccchapel.com. Thanks for listening.